Welcome to the Walk On Mentality Podcast, where we interview CEOs, entrepreneurs, pro athletes, endurance athletes, and other professionals who at one point in their life were a walk-on and talk about how those experiences translate into the real world. What's up, everybody? This is Jackson Mitchell, and I welcome you guys back to the Walk On Mentality Podcast. Today, got a special guest with me, uh, Tanner Jacobson, a longtime buddy of mine. I was actually thinking about it you know, last night, and I think we played football together when we were maybe 10 years old, um, Dragon Gold. That was the first, the first football experience I had uh, moving to Texas, and TJ was on the team with me. So really cool to get to get him on the show. I'm excited for you guys to hear his journey. And uh, Tanner, thanks for joining me. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. That's right. I think that was. It's been a been what 15 years now. It's kind of yeah. crazy to think about. Yeah, that doesn't even sound possible, but sure enough, here we are. Um, so TJ, um, let's get into it, man. Tell the listeners, you know, where are you from? Where did you attend college? Uh, you know, what was your sport? Yeah, so I grew up in South Lake, Texas. Growing up in Texas, football is king, you know. So growing up, I always had the goal to be a college football player and uh, me being a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I always had BYU kind of as that school. And so uh, that was the dream to always play football at BYU. And uh, yeah, you want me to you want me to just keep keep rolling with my story? Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, so that was the dream football at BYU. Um, but I know the path to BYU wasn't straight to BYU. So how did you progress through um, kind of the ranks? I guess take me back to, let's just call it senior year of high school. You know, we are playing out our senior season. Obviously, we all want to get recruited. Um, so talk to me about, like, your recruiting process. Were you heavily recruited? Or what was your experience with that regard? Yeah, so going to South Lake Carroll, growing up there, it was kind of the norm that if you were one, you know, top top five to ten best players on the team that you had, you know, at least a handful of offers and the expectation was that you were going to get a D1 scholarship. So going through that, starting as a sophomore and junior and then winning the state championship as a junior, I was seeing, you know, my teammates get all these different offers, different accolades, and I was kind of sitting there, you know, waiting, wondering, you know, when are mine going to come? Because I felt like I was producing at a high level, playing against really good competition. And, you know, it, w- it was somewhat frustrating because, like I said, I, I kind of knew where I wanted to go. I wanted to go to BYU. And um, I-, I realized that I didn't have some of the – you know, measurables that other players have. I wasn't as sure. I wasn't. I, I wasn't as tall. I wasn't as fast as some of those other players. So I was aware of my limitations, but I felt like I was doing what I could, playing, getting, balling out, winning the state championship, all region, all district, defensive MVP, right? All these different other stuff. But during the time period, BYU kind of playing the recruiting game, and you know, it was kind of frustrating. I was like, well, what? what more do I have to prove? And they, they just kept saying, Hey, I want to see more. I want to see more. I want to see more. And then going towards the senior year, I finally, I kind of realized like, Hey, that offer is probably not going to come from BYU. So I started to look elsewhere. And I think a lot of teams had already moved past me because I was very open. I said, Hey, like you probably, probably shouldn't recruit me. I want to go to BYU. My brother was playing there at the time. And, uh, that was probably a mistake 
showing my hand, you know, in hindsight, being so honest during that recruiting game. But uh, yeah, senior year came and I only had two, I had two legit offers and it was the Holy Cross, which I don't even know if they were D2 or D3 out in Massachusetts and uh, Houston Baptist. And at that point, Houston Baptist football hadn't even, like, it wasn't even created. It wasn't even a thing yet. They were going to have their inaugural season my freshman year of college. Right. So going through that, um, sign they came and went. I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't. I didn't want to go to to those two schools. I took visits to both of those schools, and then uh, I actually had a family friend who said, "Hey, the coaching staff just changed to Texas Tech. Um, I could I could send you on a visit there, and you could talk there, and then see what happens." And I kind of felt like a charity case, you know, because it was a family friend. I wasn't really expecting a whole lot. Didn't really know how interested they they were at Texas Tech. And then I went there and, you know, there were a lot of great players on that visit with me. Baker Mayfield was one of those players on that visit with me. So I got I got a chance to know him and Zach Austin, also from Lake Travis, and uh, met some other guys. And the the push was from the coaching staff. They knew all about me. They knew all this stuff. And they really made me feel wanted. And I told them, hey, I'd, I'd like to come play here just because of the contrast, talking to the BYU coaches and then talking to the Texas Tech coaches uh, there. Yeah. And I went there my freshman year and played a season, served a mission, came back, transferred BYU, ended up walking on again. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So tell me about when you, you know, when you first got to Tech, what was that experience like? I mean, obviously, like you mentioned earlier, Church of Latter-day Saints. And before you even get into that, I do want to emphasize again what Tanner said, which is the fact that this dude was a baller, like easily one of the best football players I've ever been around. Um, and it's just crazy how in some situations that doesn't always like win. So it's, it's just crazy. Dude was a baller. But um, so, yeah, so you get to tech. It is. You know, don't let me speak for you. Correct me if I'm wrong, but like that's completely different territory than I would imagine BYU is. So, talk to me about your freshman year at Tech before you went on to serve your mission. What was your experience like uh, coming on as a walk-on there? What were the highs and lows? Talk me through that, and then we can move through kind of leaving. And then I want to ask some questions about your mission and come back. But just talk talk to me about Tech um, before we move into that. Yeah. So kind of how we already talked. I kind of had it already planned out what my vision was of college going to BYU. And I was already already really familiar with the campus. And then uh, I jumped kind of two feet, two feet in at the same time out to tech. Totally new. I mean, I had a short campus tour, but I was really only worried about football when I took my visit. So I go to everything new, Carpenter Wells. I get some, you know, some crazy roommate from West Texas. You know, talking with the, with the huge West Texas draw, all that. I have my college classes. Um, but really, I was, I was focused on, on football and school. And when I, I got there right out of high school, I think it was uh, – I really think the semester started in May. So I went out there even before graduation, got some exemption from the high school to miss the last two weeks of – of high school classes or whatever it is so I could enroll semi-early. So I was 
and taking classes. And I was there absolutely like no friends, <laughs> no network, nothing. Like I just show up. I don't know a single person on campus besides, you know, you know, football coaches. So literally I was class, food, back to my room, do my homework. And I sit down after I do my homework and it's like three o'clock in the afternoon. And I don't have anything to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. My roommate was never gone because he was, he was from Lubbock area. So he had all of his friends, so he was never there. And, uh, I was waiting on two more roommates to come later that summer. So I was really just, you know, working out with the true freshman group doing, doing class, doing homework, and then sitting around playing video games, getting really good at Halo and Call of Duty. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like ultimate focus on like the task at hand. Um, and did you feel like that focus came through with results? I think so. It, it, it really, I think, set me apart. There were, you know, I remember freshman year, there were a lot of, a lot of guys who decided to go out like the, the night before we had 5 a.m. workouts and they would, they would go out and be out, um, living the, living the, you know, freshman college idea of what they wanted to do, but what I wanted to do and what, what they wanted to do was, was different. So I was just focused. I was in the, in bed, you know, 10 PM ready to go to sleep, but sometimes like 9 PM cause we have, five o'clock workouts. So I'm trying to get my eight hours of sleep and all that. Right. So it was, it was definitely nice to me because all I, all I worried about was school football and with football, you know, what I ate, I had plenty of time. There, there wasn't any, I wasn't worried about any girls. I wasn't worried about literally friends in general, really. But I was just, you know, trying to prepare myself for the season months in advance. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, spoiler alert here, but uh, Tanner played a lot as a true freshman at Texas Tech. Um, you know, walked on. Obviously, you guys were hearing focused and dude got on the field. I think we actually played Texas Tech. Um, you know, I went to SMU. We played Texas Tech our freshman year, um, first game of the season. And I think, I mean, you were returning punts, weren't you? At least. Yeah, that's actually, that's actually a funny story. I, I should probably tell it. Yeah. So, so our, uh, our punt returner at the time, our, our starting punt returner was named Sadell Foster. And he, he went down actually on the punt return. He got, had some freak accident where he caught a cleat to his, to the front of his shin and had to get stitches. So he's in the locker room getting stitches and the special teams coordinator comes to me and he says, Hey, Tanner, you're in. I'm thinking, <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. Here we go. Uh, you know, that was only my, my, fourth or fifth play of college football I think we had you know kickoff kickoff return I was I was playing on those so um but what happened was is I start to jog out and uh DeAndre Washington who's in the NFL who's with the Chiefs he comes over and he's like get the hell off the field what are you doing it's me and so I'm running off the field and then the special teams coordinator is like out by the hashes and he's yelling DeAndre what are you doing get your ass off the field blah 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 you know, all of that. So my first punt return, he's running off the field. I'm running off the field. He gets off. I get on. The ball snap. The ball's punted, of course, you know, almost on the opposite high <laughs> sideline. And, of course, the, the punt return called is for me to come back all the way to the other sideline. So I'm like mid-gasser already right, right. When, the, when, the, when the play starts. And so, you know, I catch it, go the right, whatever, get tackled. But 
that's hilarious. Big gasser. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, like I said, I mean, it sounds like focus and ultimately like being prepared for the opportunity. I think one thing that's huge in the walk on lifestyle is like the emphasis on doing everything that you possibly can to be ready for that opportunity. Cause you're not, you're not always going to get an opportunity, but if you work hard, you focus and you're ready for the opportunity, then whenever that opportunity does present itself, you can take it and, and run with it. Um, and yeah, like I said, I, I remember Tanner playing a good amount for a true freshman walk on at a big 12 school against real live competition, you know, for a dude who didn't necessarily pass the, the quote unquote eye test, uh, I think he turned a lot of heads and, and made people realize that they probably made a mistake passing him up. So tech, you know, freshman year ends, you go to your mission trip. And I've always wondered this when I've thought about that part of your journey, like, could you train? I mean, where, so you went to, was it Bolivia or Colombia? Yeah, I went to, I went to Bolivia. So could you I went to train Bolivia. while you were there or what, like, what were you doing while you were in Bolivia? So, so there's, there's a pretty, uh, laid out schedule for all missionaries who serve and you have about 45 minutes in the in the morning to work out and do whatever you need but uh so you, so you always are in pairs so it was kind of tough because if, if you were with you know somebody that didn't really want to work out then you were kind of limited to just stuff around the house and then bolivian itself it's not very developed and so there uh, there's maybe a handful of gyms in the whole in the whole country so um, I have pictures of me you know putting cinder blocks on a bar to do bench press to put on my back to do squats so I was really really limited in what I could do and then just the food being an adjustment and all that and then you're walking miles and miles a day talking to people going from town to town I never had a bike or I never had a car or anything like that to get around so I lost about 25 pounds Wow. Over my over my two years there in Bolivia. So then you come back and the mission is still the same. BYU football is my goal when it comes to you know football right now. What was the process like for pursuing that opportunity? You know, bet bet on yourself again. You know, how did you pursue that opportunity? So so it all happened kind of fast. So like I said, um, the BYU at the time when I was being recruited out of high school kind of was playing the recruiting game and it left a bad taste in my mouth and I didn't really have any interest after that going to BYU and playing for the coaching staff at the time and uh, so while I was on my mission the defensive staff at Texas Tech got let go um, and the coaching staff at BYU uh, went to went to Virginia so I was thinking either way I'm going to be face with a brand new set of coaches, a brand new set of head coach, defensive coordinator, position coach. So it's going to be new either way. Um, and BYU was always going to be the goal or always was the goal growing up, a chance for a fresh start. So I reached out to some people that I knew at BYU and they said, Hey, I want you. And then, you know, it took some time to think about it, thought about it, thought, you know, it was a good chance to be, be around family. My family was living at Utah at the time. Um, they have a really good program for missionaries that come back because they get missionaries that come back all the time. I wasn't sure what was going to happen at Texas Tech um, because really it was the, it was the coaching staff that really drew me to Texas Tech to begin with. 
and the coaching staff that kind of kept me away from BYU to begin with. So with that change and, you know, thinking all about that, talked to some people, they said, hey, yeah, we would love to have you at BYU. Bet on myself again, come back January, ready to roll. And how did that go? Um, so this time around, you're on a campus where maybe, maybe it just feels better. Like you, that's where you want it to be. It's the, obviously the community is LDS majority, right? Um, so mm-hmm. talk me through coming to BYU. And I guess that's considered your sophomore year at that point. You're a little bit older. You've had some experience being a walk-on. Talk me through that um, and the progression of your, your career at BYU. Yeah, so, so go to BYU. School's great. Everything's good. Um, football-wise, they have a, a program for, you know, 10 to 15 players in my similar situation coming back from their missions. And uh, I'm training, working really hard, you know, busting it. I'm trying to win every gas or every race, being the first there, last one to leave. Similar determination to my freshman year at Texas Tech. And then I actually pulled my hamstring, you know, two weeks before spring ball. And then um, I'm working to get back, working to get back. I, I get to practice two weeks into spring ball, and I'm having a really good practice. You know, I remember a run broke out down the sideline and I was on the opposite side and I'm, and I'm hustling to, you know, hawk them down, taking a great angle. And then that same hamstring, you know, blows out, blows out on me, you know, push them out of bounds, whatever. And I'm thinking, you know, what's going to happen? Cause I only had that one practice and I don't know if they're going to think, okay, he's injury prone. He's out of shape, all this stuff. Cause I'm, I'm trying to get my body trying to, you know, make up for what I lost in Bolivia. And so there's, there's really nothing I can do. And so, you know, that doubt sets in, you know, am I even going to make the team was transferring like a big mistake, you you know, all this stuff, blah, 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 blah. So I'm sitting there worried about, you know, my future as a football player. Cause you know, this, this has been the, the dream since I was, you know, eight, nine years old. Right. playing on peewee gold with, with jacks <laughs> so um but luckily i made the cut um i had i had the credibility of playing big 12 before and uh i had a good practice and good attitude and you know they never had to worry about me I had good grades um so got past spring ball but that was a very very intense worrisome time for me in my football playing career Right. So how did you, how did you stay focused? Like, you know, your time spent at tech, how did you remain focused even when you maybe felt like, man, everything that can go wrong is going wrong right now. How did you see through that and maintain your focus and how were you able to push through? I I mean, one of the biggest things that I learned and concepts that I took away from playing college football was, you know, just control what you can control. I mean, it's it's not good to worry about all these different things that you can control. Like I couldn't control how fast my hamstring was really going to heal, but I could do the rehab. I could ice two or three times a day. I could, you know, take care of my school. I could, you know, do all these varieties of things to help me put me out there or, or to just take care of my business. And so that's what I really worked, worked to do, you know, never late, always early to any rehab treatment, even though, you know, they get old, anybody who's get gotten injured, and probably the majority of 
college football players, they know that rehab isn't the most exciting thing. You're just going to be doing the same thing over and over and over. But, you know, that's when you really got to grind. That's that's part of playing D1 football too is that you're going to get injured and you're going to have to rehab back. So that was the biggest thing, just controlling what I could control and, and doing what I could do and not worrying about uh, anything else. Yeah, that's huge. I think that's a very important principle um, to just focus on what you can do, do everything you can and not worry about external factors. Um, so throughout your journey, um, I guess we've kind of talked about some ups and downs. Is there anything that sticks out in your mind as maybe like the highest moment or the lowest moment where you've in the highest moment, you felt like, man, everything I've been doing has finally clicked and it's, it's paying off for me. Um, or if you want to talk about a low moment, like how did you push through, um, to, to the finish line? That's a good question. I think, uh, I think the highs is I was, so for throughout my BYU career, I, uh, it was kind of up and down. I was never really named the starter for the season. It was always a week to week basis type deal where I didn't know if I was going to start this week. I didn't know if the guy who was uh, that I was battling with was going to start with me, but just the ability or whenever the coach, you know, believed and said, Hey, you're the starter this week and going out there with, with your teammates, you know, living, living the dream out on the field. Uh, those are definitely the highs. I think some of my favorite games were playing against Texas at Texas, my freshman year at Texas Tech, uh, playing against West Virginia at BYU, playing against Utah at BYU. I, I started against against Utah at BYU, um, playing against Wisconsin and upsetting them. And um, when they were the number six team, that was definitely a high. And, you know, one of the lowest parts of my careers going into my senior year at BYU, um, I was number two on the depth chart, ready to roll into fall camp and battle it out and, and take that spot, spot and be the starter my senior year. Um, I was really determined and I get a phone call right before fall, fall camp and they say, hey, we want you to move to running back and we want you to, to try running back out. Wow. <laughs> and, and that and that was totally foreign. As you know, it's like I didn't play running back even in high school. Right. I mean, I I played a little bit of receiver, but 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 not a lot. And uh, it was frustrating because I got injured, like my first day of, of fall camp again at running back. You know, just different movements, nothing that I had really used to playing running back. And so I was just I was just sitting there, senior year, injured. And, and the coach, the coach was brand new. He didn't know anything about me. And so I just got absolutely buried on the depth chart. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there like ninth string running back after I've grinded for, you know, years and years to try to play safety my senior year and just sitting there being like, there's not a lot I can do. I'm like, here we go again, injured. And, you know, that was just a low point. I couldn't. Right. There was nothing I could do, um, and eventually I talked to the coach. Said, "Hey, I want to switch back to defense," and was able to play and start back half my senior year. There you go. So it all turned out okay, and mm-hmm. you know you fought through again a low moment, but similar thing. Would you say again? It was just focused on what you could control that helped you get through that low moment. I know that that had to be incredibly frustrating the injury standpoint and also a position, a new coach. I had, you know, a couple of new coaches throughout my career 
And when, when you talked about a new coach the first time around, it was kind of a good thing because you had a clean slate, a staff that really didn't know you. It was another opportunity to tell people, hey, I'm a baller, man. Like, I work hard. I have a great attitude. I bring my teammates up. Take a chance on me. And they did that, and it paid dividends for them. But once they left and it was a new guy who didn't know you, who it was almost like, I don't want a clean slate right now. Like, like the slate, this is a good slate that I'm on. So why, why clean right. slate now? Um, right. It's the same things that carried you through that low. Um, and, and obviously you communicated, which is important to end up back on defense. But what, how did you mentally get through that situation? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a struggle because I was, I was trying to balance being a good teammate. I didn't want to be that guy like throwing my pads or helmet around the locker rooms, you know, saying that this is unfair because that, that never goes well for a team. So I was just trying to be the best teammate I could at that point, um, you know, encouraging my teammates, helping the young guys um, because I, I understood some of the concepts of running back and all this stuff and yeah, it was just really controlling what I control, trying to take it one day at a time, um, and eventually just finding the right time to talk to my head coach. And my head coach is, is the man and the guy who helped me get into coaching and want to coach Kalani Stake. And so, um, yeah, that was the biggest thing, just controlling what I can control and eventually just being communicative, which when I look back, is probably something that I should have done more as a player. Mm -hmm. I was kind of the guy who just walked in, didn't say much, um, tried to lead by example or also be a leader by, you know, being a follower. Also, that's that's an important aspect of when you believe in what the, the leader is, is saying to be, you know, a good follower there. So, yeah, for sure. Not trying to worry about the external, what I, what I couldn't do. I got you. So you just you just said it. Uh, now you are a coach at BYU. So how do these principles that we've been talking about today, how do they apply to your, your job now, your professional career? And I think, you know, before you even start, what an amazing opportunity to like impact younger players and people uh, who are coming up through the collegiate athletic system. I mean, how cool to be able to take your experiences and then turn around and give back. So kudos to you for being a coach. I love it. But talk to me about um, how you're able to apply those principles today. Yeah, so I take what a lot about my journey and, and try to apply it to, you know, how I coach. I I've experienced personally a lot of the things that you know players struggle with. I mean, players come in most of the time they're the, they're by far the best player on their team. They you know play the whole game. They don't come off a single play in high school because you know they're that dude. And then they come to college and they're surrounded by 114 or 100 of or however many guys who are also that dude. And it, it's tough. It's, it's a transition period to, you know, kind of find your role to, to compete and do all that. And also, um, you know, sometimes you, I mean, most players on a division one roster, they think they should be the starter. Yep. And I think that's the mindset that everybody should have. And that's probably the mindset that got those players from where they are to or from where they were to where they are right now is they think they're the best they walk with the swag about them they have confidence and you know part of that is managing because i've experienced those experiences been that dude or felt like i should be playing more or, or anything like that and i think a big thing that i i bring to the table as a coach is 
saying, hey, I was there, you know, 24 months ago. I know exactly what you're going through. But what you can do is you can do this, you can do this, you can do this. Or I can say, hey, coaches and staff, we, we, we want you to, to show this. Or, you know, everything that I wish my coaches would have done as a player, I can now provide um, as a coach. And a lot of that is, uh, is trying to make a difference in their life, being communicative. And that's what I, I'm, I'm really excited for. I mean, I, I love the game of football. That's probably the number one reason why I got into coaching. But also, I felt the, how it felt when coaches believed in you. And I also know how it kind of feels when you think that the coaches don't necessarily believe in you. And I want to be the motivator. I want to be remembered as the coach that believed in, in those players that inspired them to be better because it was a very – um can't think of the word right now but it was a very empowering feeling when you knew that the coach believed in you and said hey i'm rolling with you let's do it yeah and would you say that um you're also able to lead those players by example through like the same principles you apply as a walk-on about focus first in last out you know outworking everybody um are those things still things that you're able to exercise today as well yeah, it's kind of the life of the of a GA, you know. That's yeah. that's the expectation. Like you, you're you're there unlocking the doors, and then you're locking the doors once everybody leaves. Um, so, football, you know, being a player has definitely prepared me for that. Putting in the time, um, being proactive. You know, when when the head coach asks for something, you know, I already have it ready, or or get right on it and finish and report back. So, yeah, for sure, and. I think I think it helps if when the players see the coaches that that they're grinding and that you know they're really putting the effort to figure things out. That also makes them feel good. Like, hey, okay, this matters to them. This is their livelihood. This is their job. This is what they put all their time in. They're they're going without seeing their family to make sure that you know I'm I'm the best prepared that I can be. Um, and so hopefully in turn they're motivated to say, hey, I got to get my body right. I got to get my plays down. I got to know what the opponent's doing this week, all of that. Absolutely. Well, TJ, man, thank you so, so much for coming on the show. This has been awesome. Um, you know, like I said in last week's episode when I was talking to my buddy Dylan, I've, I've known these guys for some time, but it's amazing how much you learn when you really talk about some of this stuff. I mean, I didn't know a lot of the ins and outs of your journey. Obviously, I watched um, from a friend and a spectator's perspective, but to hear you talk about it has been really cool. Uh, to the audience. I hope you guys really enjoyed it. And I hope you'll, you know, share, like, follow, all that good stuff. And I hope you tune in next week to hear another great story of a walk-on and how that walk-on mentality has carried them into their professional lives. So thanks, DJ. Thanks, Jax.